This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. In today's episode, Kate and Trish talk about all kinds of things worrying, rom coms, those times when your mother's voice is there inside your head, that one time Kate tried to get empathy from her dad, and when your mom gushes about your friends. Join us, a mother and a daughter, two women talking about everything. Hello, Kate. How's it going? Hey, uh, good. I mean, we haven't talked in a while because I was on vacation in Southern California, which was super fun. And then after that, I was really sick and I lost my voice. So we haven't really talked in a while. Well, we've, so we've texted, but we haven't recorded yes. for the podcast. Yes. Yes. I feel like we're very behind. <laughs> There's so much been happening that we have not discussed. I know. So how did everything work out with the party that you were supposed to go to? Because you and I have actually not talked about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually did not end up going. I, some other stuff happened and I made the decision that, um, not going was probably just the best for everybody because I didn't want to, um, you know, bring my drama into the party and I figured I'd probably be better off if I just kind of avoided a tent situation. So yeah, that's always best if you can. Yeah. And I told my friend and she understood and I was fine. Oh, well that's good. All's well that ends well. Yeah. <clears throat> so, well, that was that. All that stress for nothing. Yeah, that's usually how it is. I have right on my computer <laughs> when you worry about something, 75% of the things that you're worrying about never happen. 23% turn out better than you were worrying about, and only 2% actually occur. Now, my guess is your response would be, well, see, that's a 2%. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all of a uh, yeah. sudden, that justifies your entire worry. Totally. I mean, if there's, <laughs> if if there's, there's a any minute. chance, then I need to worry about it. Because I'd rather worry about the worst-case scenario than have it end up better than, you know, not worry at all and then be unprepared if something does go wrong. Right. But I think it's just the extent of worrying. Like, I think there's this difference between worrying about it and, like, being aware of or acknowledging, here are all the possible problems versus oh my gosh everything can go wrong um and the the world's gonna end i don't know i mean i think whatever i I guess i I guess whatever helps you be proactive and like feeling comfortable about it like sometimes you have to get to that anxiety level to actually act like to come up with a plan like how i'm gonna handle Mm -hmm. it or what i'm gonna do for sure but it's just an interesting thing to think about like sometimes yeah Sometimes I think you know when you're kind of like blowing things out of proportion, maybe or like, I mean, not you particularly, but you as a person know when you're worrying or imagining problems that probably don't even exist or scenarios that don't even exist. So it's good to know like that, that it could turn out, you know, there's a good percentage of chance that it's going to turn out better or that it's not going to mm-hmm. even happen as bad as you think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Uh, so tell me about your dilemma with rom-coms. 
Well, I was chatting with my roommate a few nights ago, and I don't remember exactly how the topic came up, but we were we had watched some just terrible romantic comedy on Netflix. Like it was just atrocious. We were just making fun of it the whole time. And she kind of mentioned like, uh, you know, I haven't really, uh, she's, she's only seen like five romantic comedies like in her life. She's, she's definitely missing out on a lot. And I was like, that's so funny. I've been watching rom-coms otherwise known as chick flicks, you know, since I was young, like it's one of my favorite genres. I've seen them all. They're so good, you know, whatever we kind of were talking about it. And through this conversation, it kind of came up like what we expect in relationships is so different. And I, I basically said to her, you know, I'm obsessed with the story, like how I meet someone or like what, what our story is. And I think that that's because of my long term uh, love of romantic comedies, because I think that it's worn off on me a little bit. Like I can't just be like, I met this guy through a mutual friend and that's how we met and fell in love. Like that just sounds so lame to me. Like I, <laughs> so you're you like, know, I, I'm just, sorry, we can't be a forever couple because our meet cute was not exactly. Cute. It's just not, it's not what I've grown accustomed to. I don't know. You know, I was uh, well accustomed I, I to was, is kind of probably not the best year, but yeah, like not what your expectation but, is, or your hope is. Well, but both, I think, because I mean, if you look at my last few relationships, they were these like, you know, there was, there was something about them that made them unique and special to other people, not even necessarily to myself, but like the, the perception from other people hmm. was that they would be, you know, unique or special or there was something about, there was something about them that made somebody go, ah, and I don't, I didn't realize consciously that that was something that I was seeking out until we had this conversation and made that connection that she has been unaffected by romantic comedies throughout her life. And she doesn't think about that at all versus I have been watching them since I was a preteen and loving them and eating them up. And this is kind of how it's, I I don't know, infiltrated my mind. (laughs) Well, do you feel the same way about like fairy tales and like the Prince Charming coming to rescue you and that idea too? I, uh, no, I definitely don't buy into the needing to be rescued. I don't buy into the idea of a Prince Charming, not in that same way, which is ironic because I love Disney so much. Uh, but for some reason that, has never resonated with me in the same way as like wanting my love story to be like some great story. I don't know. Well, I think you're, I mean, (laughs) I feel like with me and well, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. I think I just (laughs) feel like the idea, once you're in love, like the story itself is cute because that's how you met. And like, you fell in love so it like the point is that you're in love not the story the being in love makes the story cute i mean that's exactly what simone said and i i mean obviously i feel like that's of course probably accurate but i feel myself throwing up roadblocks i guess i don't know like i'm getting in my own way i don't know i don't know what it is but like i haven't been in a situation where i've been in love with somebody without <clears throat> the prerequisite of <laughs> a fantastic story so I don't know could be a coincidence could be I'm preventing myself from uh, letting that happen it's possible but when I think about your stories I mean I your boys that you've dated I've never really nothing stands out to me as being a remarkably cute story but maybe I there's something I don't know I don't know I think you're just maybe cynical 
<laughs> um, I think very few people would call me that. And I am confident <laughs> to say that I don't call me myself that. But I also think that very few people would say I'm cynical. Uh, I try to be realistic, but cynical. I mean, I guess one could see those as the same thing. Someone like you who's living out a rom-com. Okay, so let's... <laughs> let, yeah, let's maybe, maybe you're the villain in the Reese Witherspoon movie. Well, I'm definitely the mother in... <laughs> we've talked about the whole... Um, what's the movie? We went to the plantation. What's the movie? The Notebook. Oh, we talked about how I'm the mother in The Notebook. Like, there was those years where you watch The Notebook and you're like, it's so horrible what that mother did. And then there's a point in my life as a mother where I realized that's how my kids see me like being this horrible mother when all I want is what's <laughs> best for them. And like, I would, I probably, there are times where I would intervene to get the best for them. I mean, I would never hide letters, but exactly. I don't think you would hide letters. Then that no, way. but I, I, it was just, there and was she, that moment well, where I realized she, that that's how I could be viewed. Just like, yeah, you know, I was yeah. pretty close to that mother. <laughs> But she and I related a lot more. Like there was just a shift. to note here is that the reason that she made those decisions for her daughter was status versus you wanting what's best for us as people. So I feel like that's different. Like I don't know. When I, they're sitting in the car and she takes her to look at her man that she let go because he didn't have the status. Like I felt her. I related to her on a different level than I ever had you, you, you were than when I had teenagers. To. No, I'm right, but I mean, it. I watched I it before, it. and I was like, "Whatever, you're heartless. Don't try to make it justified now." But then there was like that point where I was like, "Oh, soul sisters, I feel you." <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I hated I that movie. I hate this I hate movie. Evil then. I don't want yeah, to watch this movie. So, but I so mean, with... I I can't think of a way you've ever gotten in my way, even when I was doing stuff you disagreed with. So I I think you're being too hard on yourself. Well. Maybe it was just more that I felt like that's how you saw me. Because when you were a teenager, of course, I was, in your head, I was putting up roadblocks to all of your happiness and joy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I know Danae felt that way. So, <laughs> But Becca didn't. So there you go. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe she did in some way. Maybe she thought I was embarrassing in a different way. I don't know. Uh, another another we'll topic to, to discuss with Becca. Put a pin in it. <laughs> Put a pin in it. Um, okay, so romantic comedies what ones would you like if you could see your story kind of playing out like that give me one or two that you would you automatically think of like this this one is one i would like, like to I, ideal for like my my personal life yeah oh man i have no idea i mean all my favorites are tragic and i wouldn't want that to be me but i mean i love titanic i love moulin rouge i love the notebook I mean, I guess the notebook, maybe. I mean, it's kind of sad that they spent so many years apart, but I guess they ended up together and died together. So I guess they were happy. So I guess the notebook. Hmm. But that, I mean, it's kind of depressing. Like, I, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick some totally cliche, semi-boring romantic comedy where they don't like each other and bicker and then end up happy. Like, I don't know, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or something ridiculous. Or like 27 Dresses. Yeah, or like twenty seven dresses. That's a that's a good example too. Something, but there's something a whole like article about something why... with very little drama. Oh, huh. I see you as. Let me pick one off the top of my head. I think Never Been Kissed. Josie Grossi, like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that is a great one. Good choice. And it has a happy. That ending. That would be pretty fantastic. It has a great ending. 
But you, you think he's not going to show up. Married. She's on the baseball field. You're feeling for her. Cause you're like, he's not going to show. Except I have definitely been kissed. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Mom. Silence said it all. <laughs> well, I was, Whoa. my mind was fighting off so many little tarts, retorts, oh not tarts, God. retorts. <laughs> and um, I was like filtering them and I, it took me a minute for my brain to catch up with. And yet they all were spelled out in that silence. Wow. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is. <laughs> what I was going to say is maybe there's one, something that. You could say never been. And then I was like, wait, no, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) That was my original response. And I'm like, yeah, wait, I don't think that holds water. I've done it all. Yeah, sorry. Let's keep talking about my my sordid past on the podcast. That's a great idea. Um, Well, anyway, since I mentioned, yeah, we're not going to do that. Since I mentioned 27 Dresses, I did see an article that was like, reasons I'll never watch 27 Dresses. Have you ever seen that? I have seen it and I have chosen not to click it because I feel like it's just going to irritate me. I get, I get that it is a movie that's kind of dated and sexist in certain ways. I'm sure that's what the article is saying. Pretty much, yeah. I'm guessing. But it was a movie of its time. I mean, that's like, why should I not enjoy a 90s movie when it's kind of racist and homophobic or whatever? When, like, well, now I know better. But it's a product of its time. Yeah, I mean... And I think part of it is it talks about how evil her sister is or something. I can't remember. I read it, and I was just like, I rolled my eyes. Like, I had a hard eye roll. But it's funny because I thought, well, it's just a movie. And then there are other movies where I'm like, people need to take this serious. They shouldn't be seeing that. And I can't even think of one right now. But I'm sure that in my head, I'm like, I don't know if this is appropriate, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, so where do I draw the line between entertainment and what's appropriate and what's not? I don't know. But my head, I was just like, I mean, it's I guess just I feel a like movie. If, if, the, if the entertainment in question is trying to be taken seriously, then you need to weigh that into consideration. Versus if it's obviously a again air quotes because i hate this expression because it is inherently sexist chick flick then it's it's not really meant to be taken all that seriously it's it's meant to just be kind of entertaining it's like i i don't take if i go see a comedy i'm not going to take it all that seriously i'm not going to take the meaning of it to heart necessarily because it's not meant to be digested in that way right i think that's um that topic is kind of brushed upon in Bad Feminist, but I haven't read it. But I did hear Roxanne Gay in an interview, and she said that that's one of the reasons why it has the title Bad Feminist, because she's like, I watch The Bachelor, you know, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a feminist. And so, like, that kind of, I, I that was kind of her own personal mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah, I think how you consume pop culture can sometimes conflict with your other standings and you have to find a way mm-hmm. to reconcile that or yeah I mean no there's no such thing as a perfect feminist everyone has room to grow and improve too and I think a lot of people forget that so I know that you have this problem just probably because of or maybe you just pin it down to our relationship like 
that sometimes you'll go to do something and you'll hear my voice in your head or like I'll make a comment to you about something and then later on it sits with you and you could hear me saying it again kind of Mm-hmm. Is this, would, yeah. you, would you say this is an accurate assessment? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I mean, but that's like a worldwide thing. Like, I know what happens to me. Like, even if I don't know exactly what my mom would say, or like she hasn't specifically said, I usually have an idea of what she would say about something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it causes a response in me and how in my behavior, better, for better or for worse, Mm-hmm. Uh, when I have an idea of what my mom would say, just depending on what the topic is or whatever, it's just kind of interesting. The thing yeah, about I feel like I, yeah, I feel like I can have whole conversations with you without actually talking to you because I know I, I, for some things, obviously not all things, because I still need you, I still call you for advice and stuff like that. But for some things, I I feel like I I already know what you're gonna say and. I can I can kind of work through that filter of a faux conversation to get to what I need, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I read a thing online, too, that said that the way that your parents talk to you or talk about you, I don't really remember exactly, uh, when you're young is what becomes the voice in your, the literal voice in your head, the way you think. Hmm. So if your parents are really positive or really negative, that's going to, when you're young and kind of still forming, that's, that's going to shape the way that you think as an adult, like the, the actual way that your mind works, which is interesting to me. That is interesting because it's interesting too, because I think, you know, depending on your age and as you, so which each, with each child potentially, it, could be different. Deal, it would be different based on yeah. so many other factors. Yeah, definitely. It is interesting. I'll just send me that article. I just think it's funny that we all, like, I don't, there are very few things. I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't really ever feel like I have my dad's voice in my head. I I guess I shouldn't say ever, but I feel like rarely do I feel like I have my dad's voice in my head. Like maybe Mm -hmm. if I'm talking about him, I could hear him saying something. Mm -hmm. Um, that would relate to whatever thing I'm thinking about him. But like, as far as like, before I go to do something, what, what he would say or what he would do, I don't necessarily have that where I feel like I do have my mom a little more. I mean, I, I think I, I agree. First of all, I, I definitely agree that I, I've got you in my head way more than I've got dad. Uh, but second of all, I think that, uh, and I'm speculating here, of course, but I think that that's kind of a mother daughter thing and sons probably, a so lot of the time have their, their dad's voice. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'll have to ask a yeah. son. Yeah, I'm obviously totally speculating. I have zero brothers. So I've got no real way of knowing. And I'm sure that it depends on each person's relationship with their parents as well. But I feel like it's pretty common for mothers and daughters to have that sort of relationship where a daughter would kind of have her mother's voice in her head. I feel like some boys hear their mom's head to their mom's voice in their head as well. If not all. Yeah, I, I guess maybe it just depends. Maybe it just depends on the family structure. I don't know. But I just find it very fascinating how we just kind of all have that. Uh, yeah. You know, like you go to do something. Like, I, I don't know. I can't even think buy something or not buy something or have a drink or not have a drink. Like you could hear what your mother's opinion about it would be. For me, it's always ended to do with relationships. Hmm. 
But maybe because you're just like, F it with everything else. I'm doing what I want. So maybe, maybe, it's, I'm, maybe it's because I'm so confident in my decisions elsewhere. Well, that's kind of what I mean, right? Like, yeah. you, you, you don't question it. Yeah. Versus at least currently with relationships, I'm so unsure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my mama. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that also, like you just said, you need me. But I think some respond to that in a totally different way, too. What do you mean? Like, I don't know, for me, for example, like I can hear my mom's voice and we might talk about something later or whatever, but it, it just kind of sways me. I don't necessarily feel like, oh, I need to call her. And then I think there's also a point where it changes, like the weight of what your mom says changes Mm -hmm. or even when your mom tells you something and then you realize she was totally wrong, then you're, you start second guessing I mean, I'm sure that's never happened to you. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I'm not trying to make a joke, but I was really sitting here thinking, and hey, has my mom ever given me advice that turned out to be wrong about something big? And I can't think of anything. I, I can I can think of so many times where I had the epiphany of, oh my God, my mom was always right. I can't think of any time where I was like, wow, my mom was wrong. Not about anything big. Obviously, little stuff, sure. Stuff that doesn't really matter. But big stuff? Mm-mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, I feel like there there could be times. I mean, I feel like I know that there was a point where my mom's, the voice, the weight of it shifted. Maybe just after I had been mm-hmm. married so long. And I don't know. But I do feel like that, that happened. Mm-hmm. I can remember her telling us at a, after we got married, like, now would be a really good time to have a baby. And me totally being like, okay, got to have a baby. My mom says now would be a good time. Mm-hmm. And then there I was. And then there you were. <laughs> well, Dad was one of those men. I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but he was actually one of those old-fashioned men that was like, if you got pregnant on the honeymoon, like, that's the perfect setup. And Which, you practically did. And I practically did, yes. But I don't know. I feel like that's a very uh, steeped in male patriarchy concept. You think so? Getting pregnant on the honeymoon. Why is that? that? I I I don't don't know. I I just—it always made me so uncomfortable that he even thought that. Like, what? I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, I I don't know that he thought it seriously or if it was just like a joke. But I mean, I know he was—we were anxious to have kids, but we weren't one hundred percent sure when we were going to do that until after we got married. But just a funny, interesting, interesting, just a funny, funny tidbit about dad. Mm-hmm. He just loved you so much. He wanted he wanted a baby. I know that's exactly what it was, especially since I'm so right all the time. <laughs> you are. And I hate that. I like I almost hate that so much because it's like whenever we disagree, it's like I know that I don't have much of a leg to stand on because you have a proven history. Well, I, I mean, there is no joy in being right about something that's going to make you sad. Like, let's just be honest here. Like, I, I think it's just more that whole reality check. But I mean, I, I do feel like I have a s- certain skill, like reading situations. And I don't think I'm, I'm right all the time by any means, because I have definitely been wrong so many times in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. But it's where I'm like, it's kind of 
strange how I could kind of like read a situation. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me, my ego telling me that. I'm not sure. It's possible. It's Anything po- is possible. It's all possible. It's like one of those, like we knew someone, I don't remember who it was, one of your friend's moms, and I was always like, I can't read her. Like it, 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 it was bugging me. Like there was, it was like I got no vibe from her. There was no way for me to categorize her, I guess, is probably what it mm-hmm. was, which isn't, I mean, that's almost sounds like I was being super judgmental, which I wasn't, but it was just like, it, it was hard for me to have a rapport with her because I had no feeling from her one way or the other where she was going or what what her response to me was if that makes sense mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I don't know right because isn't that what we do like we kind of assess how people are responding to us and then we respond in turn like oh I think they like me I like them mm-hmm. you know yeah. I'm gonna let's make sure they know I like them oh I don't think they like me I'm gonna pull back a little bit and see how things go and maybe they do like me yeah lots me of lots of reading all the time right and so it was just weird because I'm super into that, and uh, or I try to be super attuned to that, and I got z- nothing. Yeah, that's hard. That's a, that's a hard situation because I'm uh, again very similar to you in that same way, and I I I don't know how to react when I can't get a read on someone at all. Yeah, it's weird. When I wrote down the agenda about having your mother's voice in your head, Mm -hmm. I was reminded of another thing. I I remember this very clearly. My mom being on the phone with someone when I was probably in middle school. Yeah, it had to be middle school. Mm -hmm. Definitely wasn't high school. Um, And I remember her just gushing about how pretty... And how great one of my friends was to whoever she was talking to for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And, like, I knew all these things, right? I knew she was pretty and I knew she was great, but it really bothered me. <laughs> like, I was just... I mean, I guess I guess I just learned that I think your kids need to hear you gushing about them to someone, to a third party mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I hadn't heard her necessarily do that about me, but I heard her do it about my friend. And then from that point on, I was just like, whatever, you think she's so great. Mm-hmm. Rude. Yeah, that can kind of stick with you, I'm sure. I must say that I, it must have stuck with you because I don't think I ever heard you do anything like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm sure that I did. I, I think you've had some great friends, but I don't think I ever... But it was probably in a different context. Yeah. Like it was part of it was a conversation that I was a part of as well, or you know something along those lines. But yeah, I know that I heard you gush about me plenty of times, so I never really nothing yeah. stands out in my mind. See, yeah, it was just kind of funny because I could totally rem- I remember even thinking like like shopping or something, and her saying, "Oh, this looks like something she would wear," and being so mad like. Well, mm-hmm. I like it too. Why is it something she would wear? You know, just like, mm. you know, and obviously we had totally different styles. So it probably was just something she would wear. But I just can't remember <laughs> being like so mad. Like, yeah. man, you're just so into her. You know what's funny? I, I kind of feel like I had moments feeling like this about my sisters. Oh, yeah. But not about any of my friends. Yeah, that that I could see how that would be. Yeah. But... 
you're very uh, competitive, competitive with your sisters. I'm I was going to say jealous. Everything all the time. No, competitive is definitely the answer. It's it's everything is a competition and that, that I must win. So it's it's unhealthy at times for sure. I wonder how they like because I'm sure I did that to all of you. Like I would be with one of them and say, "Oh, this looks like something Kate would like." Like I wonder. Like that's a that's a shoe that I know they've all had to walk in, right? Like so, I wonder mm-hmm. how they for sure feel responded because you guys. Well, all I'm sure. Have very yeah, I'm sure now taste. as adults, it's nothing. Like I I wouldn't ever feel that way if we were out shopping now about something or anything like that. But as a kid, I'm sure each of us kind of had a thought about that, a feeling, especially Becca and I, since we were you know so close and similar in a lot of ways I feel like I could easily see myself being like well I would wear that too like why wouldn't you think that that would be something that I would be interested in because we were so so similar like why would you not say why are you talking about Becca right now when you're out with me you know I I don't I can't think of a particular moment but I can't it probably never happened that you're just making stuff up definitely not I'm 100 percent certain that it happened at some point because that that's a feeling that I can still like kind of feel as we're talking about it a little bit you know like, I've well, got that sense memory. Well, I mean, the the reality is, though, like, most of high school, we didn't really shop. I shopped for you guys. Like, it's still kind of remarkable that I was able to do that. Like, know your styles well enough that I could buy your clothes without you being there. Well, you know why that is, right? <laughs> because you're my favorite? I was going to say because you were a great mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be like because we're in sync because you're my favorite or i'm your favorite no it's just because you're a great mom (laughs) no i'm a great shopper i think that's probably more the accurate thing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah i mean i because and i never even thought about it but someone else said to me wait your kids told me that they, they don't ever go shopping that you just buy all their clothes and i'm like yeah it's totally true yeah how does that happen i'm like i don't know so i went to the warriors game last night super fun uh but i was a little stressed because the person that i was going with decided to take an uber instead of drive which is fine except he decided to uber pool and i was really stressed out because i said that the time estimate was going to be inaccurate and that um we were going to get there later than I wanted to get there because I wanted to watch the shoot around and I want particularly I wanted to see Steph because he wasn't going to be playing but I wanted to see him you know in the pregame so I was in the uber really stressed out because we were already later than I wanted to be originally and uh, I instead of being angry about it with the person I was with, I was texting dad because I know that he also gets anxious about this stuff and uh, let's, let's <clears throat> he, he can relate. He 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 does get anxious, but he also, in order to in his head, in order to alleviate the anxiousness, he likes to be everywhere an hour to two hours early. So then yes. he can relax, knowing he got where he needed to be, and unwind before whatever the event is. To be it flying, a sporting event, a party, whatever, like anything anything he needs to have the time to let go of the anxiety the pre-anxiety before the actual event anxiety yeah in fact he actually called me about an hour and a half before i even originally wanted to be at the game uh 
which I already wanted to be there over an hour and a half early. He called me an hour and a half before that and said, are you there already? And I said, no, we haven't even left yet. So, I mean, already I was a little anxious because then he put it in my head like, oh, I'm going to be late. And then when everything happened, I could like feel myself starting to unravel a little bit. So I texted him trying to kind of commiserate. And I think I even said in the text message, dad was basically saying like, let it go, take a deep breath. It's going to be fine. And I said, if this was you and mom, would you let it go? Of course you wouldn't. And his response to that, which was just hilarious to me, was okay, but what kind of selfish bitch gets upset about free tickets? Don't be that girl. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like, oh, damn. Okay. You're right though. I really need to shut up. These tickets were a birthday gift. So I really couldn't complain. 100%. But I was like, I mean, and this is the the mother came out in me, like the mama tiger. I was like, you called her selfish bitch. Like I was like, you know, of all our children. Well, no, I I mean, I don't think you should say that to anyone. Like Danae would probably roll with it. But, um, like, I was just, and I was like, she was trying to get like, oh yeah, I feel you. This would be terrible. We're, if any, the stance he took seemed like it was coming from me. Like just snap out of it kind of mm-hmm. non-nurturing response is normally what totally. you're going to for me. And that's not what I was expecting from him at all. Right. And I, I that's why I was like, him. oh my gosh, she texted you thinking you, you would understand and you would give her love about it and help her feel better or just even complain with her. She's like, she was calling to gripe to you. But you know, like it it was, that is what I was expecting. Absolutely. But I think the fact that dad responded that way and totally like from left field, I was not expecting at all. Like that really took me out of it. Like I was, I felt like if, dad of all people is telling me that I'm being ridiculous and I need to get over this right now I need to calm down so I mean it you know it worked I can't yeah. complain by the me. time I got out of that Uber I was fine more or less I'm more or less you know it's a little it's a little ridiculous of me to expect me to totally turn it around but I <laughs> I was definitely better yeah the funny I put thing myself was... in check when we were listening to the game because we listened to it on Sirius XM because mm-hmm. we couldn't get it on we don't have TV. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have streaming TV, and we couldn't get to stream. They had a commercial for Uber, <laughs> and I almost died. It was like, we, you know, let Uber take you there. We have a special pickup drop-off spot just for Uber, and it was like this big Uber ad, and I was cracking up. You see? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a bad experience. It was just stressful you know, I, I think the pooling was not the right decision to make although i can't go well, you know truthfully we got there and had time to get food and shop before steph even started shooting around so i did get to see everything i wanted to see so yeah i really can't complain and i think it's funny that you said you had dad in your head after saying i don't really have dad in my head i see i don't necessarily think that i had dad in my head i just think that i knew that for what i wanted he was going to be the person to go to and the only reason that I was anxious, extra anxious ahead of time, is because he called me and said, you should already be there. And then I was like, well, <laughs> right. wait a second. Should I already be there? He added to the fire. Exactly. Like, if he hadn't have called me, then he wouldn't have been in my head. Yeah. Uh, the last time we went to a game, a River Cats game, it was... River Cats games aren't usually crowded. We went to the one... the 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 game where they play the Giants, the River Cats versus the Giants. And so that one was sold out and it was madness. And mm-hmm. 
Like I like, the first line... the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. The Rivercats played the Giants. Yeah, because the Rivercats is a farm team, so it was just an exhibition game. Oh, okay. I was gonna say that. Yeah, preseason okay. exhibition. Okay, got it. Got it. Um, so we went to that game, but the it was sold out. The lines for food were super long, and we, for whatever reason, we probably got there right when they opened the gates, or maybe right before they the game started. So the okay. next game we had tickets to. The gates open at six and the game starts at seven. Mm-hmm. And dad wanted to be there at like five thirty. <laughs> Cause he because he had an experience where it was crowded and because mm-hmm. he wanted to he be in our seats with be like our food. Yeah. yeah, he wanted to be in the seats with the food, make sure we avoided traffic, like all the things that give him anxiety. Like, am I not uh-huh. gonna get to eat? Am I gonna miss the game to eat? Like Yeah. And in case I wanted to shop in the store. Fine. But, I mean, it was just, it was totally empty. And, like, we're there. We're already done eating before the game even starts. Like, we have our food. <laughs> Plus, uh, because the tickets that were given to us were season tickets, you get to go in a little early. They have a special mm. entrance, and you get a, we didn't even have to stand in lines, and we got to go in a little early. So, yeah, we had our food. We were in, and he's like, see, this is how it should be. Just watching them get the field <laughs> ready. And I'm like, you know how many things I could have gotten done before we... <laughs> <laughs> before we came here but so I'm like yeah this is totally how it should be of course it is honey <laughs> I mean it's like we've got to leave work early yeah Da-da-da-da. it's a whole process I, mean, I was in feeling case, that and in case you didn't know baseball games are long like even if you didn't get there like right when it started you'd get to see a good portion of the game still yeah they drag so, on they can I mean the last couple games we've been to have actually been pretty quick. But yeah, it was just it's just kind of funny the way that that, that all comes about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm very similar to you, Mom, but I really have Dad in me and when it comes to this sort of stuff. I guess I can't deny it. Yeah. I have that anxiety. Oh, that part of it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't say that I don't get anxious, but I don't, wor- I don't like, think... I, I like to plan for, like, the typical outcome like so let's say traffic like if I have to drive to the city I'm gonna plan for your average traffic and sometimes and then give myself like maybe a 10 or 15 minute window right in addition just in case traffic's really bad for some weird reason but Mm -hmm. he likes to plan for traffic being the very worst it could ever be if there was an earthquake in San Francisco that's how early we need to leave. <laughs> and so, you know, there's just, there's a little bit of difference. Hey, that's it for this episode. As always, thanks for listening. You can find us on the internet at grownupandgrounded.com. And if there's something you'd love to hear us talk about, you can leave us a message there. The song we use in our podcast is called Can Can 2 and it's by Dave Depper. We downloaded the music from the Free Music Archive, but you can check out Dave at davedepper.com. It's just the way I like to see the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, perhaps a little overly optimistic. Oh, wait, just a minute ago, I was a cynic. I guess you wear a lot of hats. (laughs) 
took you a minute to come up with a response to that? Yeah. <laughs> you were like, it's true. I wear a lot of hats. <laughs>